Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's popping at the movies. And look, um, there is this little indie movie called Avengers Infinity War that comes out on April 27th, which means that is the kickoff of summer. And I have uh, the bald blue lady herself here <laughs> as guest today, Karen Gillen, who comes to us not bald or blue, I know, shocker. But just looking gorgeous. Oh, well, thanks very much. As (laughs) you to do this. Yeah, it's exciting to um, be sitting here with a full head of hair. It's nice, isn't it? Because most people, when you started playing uh, Nebula, when you did this in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. We we heard you say things like, I had my head shaved off, and then we go, no. But oh, it's yes. true, isn't it? Oh, it's very true. Like, um, I had this really long hair, um, and then for the role, I just shaved it all off and got rid of it, which was a really liberating, cool experience. Is it really, or is it horrifying? It's um, it's brilliant for two weeks, um, and then the novelty's worn off, and you're just bald um, as a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> um, but, you know, Marvel were great. They took all of my hair and made a wig for me as a present. So um, I had <laughs> no, a wig. That's just- this is true. That's very bizarre. Made by the um, people who were making all the creatures for Star Wars. <laughs> and so they gave me this wig, and, and I still have it. So sometimes I can, I can wear it. Do you, you just drag out, bring out the old wig? Yeah, after a this. few drinks, maybe I'm going to break the wig out. <laughs> did all of this. But now, doing this, doing Infinity War, which I hear... Uh, the sequel doesn't have a title, was all yeah. shot at the same time. So did you shoot two movies as one? Pretty much, yeah, we shot them back to back. So it was a year's worth of shooting, which is um, quite a long time uh, to be shooting the same thing. Um, I don't know how the crew did it. I mean, because the actors, you know, we were in and out a little bit more, um, but it was a long shoot. It was a long shoot. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys all hang, and this is a movie that brings everybody together. Yes. This is it. Mm-hmm. Did you all have a little picnic or something, or do you do everything individually in scenes? You know, actually, it was very social on set. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of so great at leading the charge, um, and he's such a great number one on the cast list, I mean, because, you know, that person really sets the tone and the environment. Um, and he would host these lunches for all of the cast and just have amazing food cooked for us, um, and we all got to know each other. So it was, but everyone was in costumes, so imagine this, like... No, it's... <laughs> No, this is like freaky now. Yeah, I'm trying to like eat with my blue makeup and I can't open my mouth fully. And so it was quite absurd, actually. So there's Iron Man, there's Doctor Strange, there's everybody that is just sitting around doing this. Yes. And what do you guys talk about when you're having Really mundane things, which adds to the humor of of the whole scenario, because it's like, oh, what did you, did you watch that thing on TV last night? And someone's like, I'm just going to make a coffee. And it's like, you're all dressed like superheroes. This is insane. Who's the um, the real cut up in that group? Who's the funniest? Who? Oh, because I'm looking know. at you, Karen, and I remember Matt Smith, yes. your Doctor Who co-star. Mm-hmm. That whole period when he did that was so great. Oh, thanks. But he said about you that you were as mad as a box of cats, <laughs> one person. So I'm guessing that maybe you were the one on that uh, on those lunches that was uh, the funniest. I'm pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. Mad as a box of cats. Mad as a box of cats. 
<laughs> what have you done? What I you... don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know what I've done to warrant this title. Um, you know, I don't think I'm intentionally funny, though. That's the problem. Maybe it's by accident. <laughs> Accidental funny, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but there's so many funny people on that set. I'm going to say it's a toss-up between Chris Pratt, who's very funny, mm-hmm. and RDJ. Two very funny men. Yeah, you call him RDJ. Yeah. Know, right. Is that, That's just between the two of you. The yeah, rest of us call him close. Robert Downey Jr. Yes. <laughs> I did call him Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Downey Jr. first, but RDJ. RDJ is, um, is what everybody seems to call him on set. And so I, I picked it up and started using it myself. What do they call you besides Matt as a box of cats? Um, besides that, um, they can call me K-Gil. K-Gil. I mean, they don't, but I want them to. <laughs> You're imagining? I want to be like Robert Downey Jr. and have my name abbreviated. It'll happen. One I know, day. I know that it will happen. Thank you. So can you tell there are at least uh, maybe 40 or 50 people left uh, on the globe that do not know who you actually play? Yes. <laughs> but for those people, will you tell them a little bit about who Nebula is? Yes. Um, so my character is um, is a daughter of Thanos, who's like the ultimate supervillain in He's the Marvel horrible. universe. He's a terrible, terrible man, played by Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. Um, worst dad ever. <laughs> He um, basically raised my character and my sister Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, and he would make us fight each other. And every time I lost, he would replace a piece of me with machinery um, to punish me and also improve me. Um, And so I grew up very tormented and bitter and with severe daddy issues. So this is basically autobiographical then? Yeah, yes. like they cast right. me because I'm exactly <laughs> this character. Doing all of that, and you run around with that kind of... But you know, in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you were bad. Yeah. Bad! Yeah, a villain. Hated your sister. Those fights that you and oh, yes. Zoe Saldana had were yeah. incredible. Yeah, very brutal. Um, yeah, because Nebula harbors a lot of resentment towards her sister, who she believes sort of um, took part in, in the abuse against her. Um, so she, you know, blames her a lot for her terrible upbringing. But then in Guardians 2, we start to feel for Yes, and it's really interesting to me because like Nebula hasn't changed between the films. It's more that we just understand her backstory a little bit more and maybe feel a little bit of empathy towards her. Um, And then suddenly, as an audience member, you're not looking at her as such a villain anymore just because you understand her, which is kind of interesting. So is she just a a sweet pussycat now in Infinity War? I mean, she's still the biggest sadist in the galaxy. (laughs) Um, She gets a lot of enjoyment out of inflicting pain upon people. But, you know, she has a heart. (laughs) So tell us, why don't you, because it never happens, just reveal everything that happens in Infinity War. I'm guessing that you're going to tell me that 80-90% of the Avengers die. Yeah, I'm the only person that's left. Um, And then I will be um, leading the next three Marvel movies alone. (laughs) It's the way it should be, you know. I mean, I keep telling them that. I'm, I'm so fascinated with how you, uh, a, a young girl with a dream growing up in Scotland, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finds, finds her way into getting her head shaved off, fighting people and turning blue. You know, how, how is this trajectory beginning? <laughs> when you start there. Where um, do you come from? I, I heard you were from the Highlands. So. Yes, I'm from Inverness next to Loch Ness, from, as of Loch Ness monster fame. Oh, so 
I'm sure you've seen that thing many times. The, the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> sure. Many right. times. Yeah. yeah. We are also like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> While you're growing up and feeding the Loch Ness Monster, mm -hmm. um, what makes you say, you know what? <laughs> I want to act. Maybe even, and I have to say, people, because I'm going to take a minute here. The Tribeca Film Festival is out now, and you can see Karen's film. Yes. The party's just beginning. Not mm -hmm. only is she in it, mm -hmm. but she's written and directed it. Yeah. The whole thing is yours. I know, and it's and also it's, set in Inverness. <laughs> I know, and there's nothing. Your, your skin is just, and your hair is just like it is. Right yeah, here no, I, I look like a human version of myself. Yeah, so look at that. You not only did that, but now you are a sort of a Hollywood tycoon <laughs> making your own films to have yourself in them as well. Yeah. I want to know cool. who that child was oh. saying, I'm going to do all this. Um, uh, where do I begin? I mean, where I think... Where do you begin? The party's just beginning, so... So I will begin... Mm -hmm. uh, this. Uh, so my, my dad says the, um, when I was really, really young, I um, pointed at the television and I was like, excuse me, how do I get in there? I think I wanted to like crawl inside and then like be with the people in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Figured out that that's not actually what happened. Mm -hmm. So I figured um, that I would crawl inside the real way. <laughs> um, but you're not alone among actors who believe that to this day even oh really yeah that oh, they can just that's crawl good. in yes yeah. okay oh, to this day <laughs> <laughs> right. um, uh, but you know it also seemed very far-fetched because um where i'm from there aren't a lot of examples of people who have gone into this profession um and it's a little bit cut off from the rest of the world um it's quite isolated so it did seem a little far-fetched but my parents just raised me in such a way that um they made me feel like anything i wanted to do was possible and then i just started studying acting um intensely um in inverness like so many theater groups and i was doing it like every day of the week i was completely obsessed with it <laughs> <laughs> and when did that obsession become somebody saying, I'm going to hire Karen. Um, well, when I was about 15, still in Inverness, I was writing to agents all over Scotland because I learned that that's what you do when you're an actor, you get an agent. Oh, um, so you gave up on the idea of crawling into the actual television. Yeah, yes. yeah. I thought, mm -hmm. I'll try another route. I'll <laughs> try and go down a telephone line. <laughs> so I was like calling them. Um, and then one guy just agreed to take me on because of my perseverance. <laughs> That's Which a good is word code for, for just like harassment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, Standing outside every day, yeah, not like, going please. <laughs> um, and then, and then I got an agent, and then I started um, studying acting in Edinburgh, in Scotland, um, and then moved to London to go to drama school. And then that agent in Scotland got me an audition for my first acting job, um, and then that was back in Scotland, and so I dropped out of drama school to do that. So, what's the first job? When, what do you do as your first job? Where somebody hires you and said, Karen, you're not only hired, we're going to pay you money for oh, this. That was very exciting. <laughs> um, it was a, a, a detective drama in Scotland um, called Rebus. Um, and I um, was on it for about eight days of filming. And I was like, this is it. I've made it. I'm dropping out of drama school for this. <laughs> Um, and then it was just over I don't a week need you people. I mean, I was, you know, well, what it was, I wanted to stay in drama school, but they wouldn't let me do the job. And there was no way I wasn't going to do the job. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave and do it. However, after that, I was then in London and not working. Um, and then working in <laughs> oh, a... Oh, you had that period. 
Right. Oh, of course. No work. Yes, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for because um, otherwise it would have just been acting from such a, a young age, you know, in a training environment and then straight into it. So, you know, I had this period where I was I was working in a pub in London pulling pints and listening to really bad karaoke. Um, <laughs> and it was just such a good people watching experience for me. And you could pick all that up and you could drop your accent whenever you want to do any accent. Well, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like, I just need to study it a little bit. We used to do those comedy shows. I was looking at clips of oh, you yes. doing this. I love your Katy Perry. It's just... Oh, well, no. It's <laughs> I forgot about that. It's incredibly good. Thanks. And then doing, uh, you know, sequels that nobody wants, like Pretty oh, Woman yes. 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, well, she goes back to prostitution. Yeah, back, <laughs> back in the game. <laughs> Let's do the whole 180 thing that's happening. Because you have that in you. You have this comic ability that I think comes through and makes oh. your character seem really rounded, even when they're super dramatic. Oh, well, thanks very yeah. much. But when does Doctor Who come into the picture for you? Um, so then I'm working at the pub. The then pub. I started working in a theater as an usher, which was my favorite job. Uh, I don't I think just, so. You well, mean a job previous to the acting job? Nope, it's better than every acting okay. job. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was, it was for a Motown tribute act. That was the show, so it wasn't mm -hmm. even like a play. Um, and everyone was so drunk in the audience because it was a musical, um, you know, Motown, and people wanted to party, so that was just a crazy environment. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, so then, uh, and then I managed to. The show to is all digressions. Uh, yeah, okay, yes, great. Right, that's where it <laughs> Talking about drunk right. people in a motor act. Um, uh, and then I got this agent in London somehow. Um, oh, because I asked the director of um, the Scottish detective drama if he could help me get an agent in London. Um, and then he did, he managed it. Um, and I was so grateful for that. Uh, and then she um, was amazing and started putting me out for lots of auditions. And then finally, um, one of them was. Doctor Who. One of them was Doctor Who. You know how beloved that is? Yes. As a show? Oh yeah, no, I was aware. I was completely intimidated. Which, so <laughs> did that get you recognized after you did that? Oh, almost instantly. Yeah. Um, before even the show had aired. Um, it, it sort of just changed my life overnight. I can't even describe it because in the UK it's um, it's so mainstream. It's a really commercial show that's on on a Saturday night and fa the family watches it together. We even watch it on Christmas Day together. So it's such a sort of tradition. It's like a national institution. So um, it's, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to who the next um, actors are going to be who play the roles. Um, and so as soon as I was announced as, as the new companion, um, I mean, there was like journalists at my parents' house in Inverness within an hour. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that whole segment of Doctor Who that you played with Matt Smith was really one of my favorites. It's just, Thanks. there's such a connection going on there between yeah. the two of you. And mm -hmm. it must have been that you were such so Looney Tunes together. Yes. <laughs> he didn't say that he was just Mr. Serious while you were oh, being... Oh, no. no. He's more mental than me. Um, yeah, we were just like, people described us as like two puppies that had just found each other. <laughs> just like it was, the energy was high all day. Um, it was just ridiculous. Well, what was it like saying goodbye to that after that period? The worst. It had to be. Oh, it was devastating. It was really, really awful. <laughs> I hated it. And then, it, I'm skipping ahead, but yeah. you do all oh, last year, um, Jumanji. Yes. And then being you, yep. there's always 
some kind of thing created about it that you why people are looking at it why is she wearing these shorts oh yeah what is this happening you just created a scandal I know there was a little. You're talking about the the controversy the over contra- the costume. Yeah, the costume. Yes, yeah. yeah I say I shorts mean, because that was it, and midriff and oh, everything yeah. that was happening. That yeah, was I think it was. You know, we released this photo um, before the film came out, and all of the men were completely covered, and then the one female was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hollywood. You know, the thing is, like, out of context, I mean, it is ridiculous. Like, I wasn't surprised by people's reactions. I mean, they were pretty valid, to be honest. Um, But the thing is, you know, we were playing on that trope, and that was the intention behind it in the movie. And also my character was having the same reaction as everyone else. She's like, why am I wearing this? This isn't fair. Um, so, <laughs> true. So, if you they know. see the movie, the answer to that question is right there. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Out of context, mm-hmm. I think the reaction was fairly justified. You yeah. even did a series here at ABC yes. that this network ran for, I think, uh, two and a half weeks. Something. It I was mean, called. Yeah. It was called Selfie. Right? Yeah. Right, that was it. Yes. Did <laughs> not last very it, long. What happens when the heartbreak happens in certain projects that you work on? Um, you know, you sort of just have to roll with the punches, um, and and it's sort of quite cutthroat in the American television world. So you're sort of living in fear that it's going to get cancelled every week, um, which is not something we experience in the UK very much. Mm-hmm. So um, they you stick know, with you there. Yeah, they sort <laughs> of commit to it, and you're not living in fear that it might get cancelled at any given moment. Um, but also, it was kind of exciting to have those stakes. <laughs> in a weird way, in retrospect, it was like, ooh, are we going to survive? <laughs> Is it going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And you're doing the American accent in that too. So yeah. Where do you get that from? Where did you develop it from? Um, that comes from, um, well, when I used to play Barbies in Inverness when I was a kid, I always played them. Of course you were, when you were with, with Loch Ness, with Nessie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Me right. and Nessie mm. um, are playing Barbies and I'm playing them in an American accent, which I <laughs> only now realize is kind of strange. But Barbie's American. <laughs> it was accurate. And what kind, What part of America did that accent come from? You know, I probably sound like an awful var- valley girl um, because that... Can you bring that back for me now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing it. <laughs> Is this real? Can I eat this? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> perfect. Thanks. <laughs> perfect. I just... <laughs> You really are mad, but in the best way I could possibly say it. Karen, this is the first time you've been on the show, so you don't know it ends in song. Always. Yes, it does. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We do. And I was hoping you would do something Scottish for me. Oh, like a Scottish song. Something like that, that I wouldn't know what it was, but I would hear it. It would be in your natural, uh, you and Nessie and the Barbie singing. Um, Can you give me like like a beat, like a... Yeah, sure, we can do anything, but it's... I'll take the high road and you'll take the low road And I'll be in Scotland afford ye For me and my true love will never meet again On the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond Amazing! <laughs> yes! Everybody loved it! Thanks, guys. Come back constantly. I would love to. We just have to have it, and you could come back and do it in a German accent. If I you will. Want. I'll, I know I'll you work on do. that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.